At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. Tonight I'm going to share something with you that, something that's been working over and over in me for a while. And um, when you're a when you're a doer of the Word, when you develop a daily routine in God's Word and you don't live without it, you can't live without it. You don't realize what it's producing for you today and in the future. You don't, really, you don't realize. Because at the end of the day, here, here's the deal. <laughs> None of us really deserve any of this. And actually... In the natural, this shouldn't work. It shouldn't work that if you confess the Word of God and you develop a relationship with God that way, through that, through the confession and the reading, the study, the meditation of the Word, that it will produce all the things that the Word says it will produce. It really shouldn't work. In the natural, it really shouldn't work. But it works. If you do it and you put it to work, it works. And um, there's something about mercy and grace that tonight I want to I want to talk about. It's um, there's something that God has shown me about mercy and grace that are, they're, they're like miracle twins. They produce miraculous things, mercy and grace, when you understand them. And you understand what they're there for, how, how they work on our behalf, how they position us to be able to receive and take what's rightfully ours. The Bible's very clear that you have to take the promises of God. You have to you have to go after the promises of God. They're not going to just be dumped in your lap. And the mercy and grace, mercy and grace are not the, the, the fix-all. and They won't do everything, but they set you up to receive everything. Mercy and grace do. And so we're just going to just dig into Scripture and, and look at what Scripture says about it tonight. I want to read these three verses of Scripture. They're in three different chapters. One first one's found in 1 Timothy 1 and verse 2, and it says, <clears throat> To Timothy, a true son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy 1 and verse 2. To Timothy, a beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. Titus 1 and verse 4. To Titus, a true son in our common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. Grace, mercy, and peace. <clears throat> grace, and mercy and the peace of God produce a faith that's miraculous. 
grace and mercy that produces the peace of God establishes us in a faith that produces miracles. And all through the next few months, through the summer months, I want you to begin to believe that nothing is impossible with God. And that maybe things in your life that have stayed the same, it's time for those things to change. It's time for you to take what rightfully belongs to you. It's time for you to receive all that God has. And I said all that because I want you to really keep your mind open to what I'm going to share with you. I've never shared this before. I've never even come close to sharing what I'm going to share with you about mercy and grace. I want you to be open to receive what I'm going to share with you tonight. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 1.3 says this, <clears throat> Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, the Father of mercies, the Father of mercies. So, mercy isn't just a word that is to be defined and just it just kind of covers everything. There's, there's multiple mercies of God that come from the Father Himself. Just keep that open in your mind as we, as we go a little bit farther. So I want to give you these two definitions. One, they're both the Greek definitions of the word grace and the word mercy. The word grace in the Greek is charis, C-H-A-R-I-S. And, you know, there's all kinds of different dictionaries and there's all different types of, of Greek and Hebrew dictionaries that define words but I boiled it all down to one word and one statement. And the grace of God, charis, is the word pardoned. Grace is to be pardoned. And the statement I want to give you about being pardoned is that that's God's attitude toward you. You have been pardoned. That's the way He sees you. And if you don't see that, then mercy won't work for you. If you don't see that, mercy won't work for you. Mercy can't work without the revelation of grace being established on the inside. I am pardoned. Not until I make some other screw-up or big mistake no, no, no. I'm pardoned. The word mercy is the word elios, E-L-E-O-S in the Greek. <clears throat> and that's defined as being pardoned, listen to me, being pardoned from misery. 
being pardoned from being miserable in your life. Woo. And this statement about that is this. Mercy is God's attitude toward those who are miserable. He's pardoned you. I want to say it like this. The misery is the result of the sin. And he's pardoned us. Go look at that. Look, look at, I, there's some other words that I thought would be stronger than pardoned, but you, you, define those, you define that word pardoned for you. Because when I looked at that, <laughs> that means I don't deserve any of this, and I get it all if I take it. So what that means is, where I'm miserable in my life, God wants me to be delivered, but I've got to take the fact that he already pardoned me and delivered me from a miserable life. I don't have to be miserable. I don't have to live that way. He's already pardoned me, but i got to take that before I can ever do anything else in life. Because it's the thought life that will tell you you're disqualified, you can't make it because of the mistakes in your life, things you've done that were wrong, there's no way... And a lot of the church world thinks that if you talk this way, that it gives people a license to do whatever they want to do. You don't need a license. I promise you right now, you're doing whatever you want. Hmm? Isn't that right? If Corey wanted to, this morning he could have gone and robbed a bank. I'm not following him around make sure he doesn't rob banks. You can do whatever you want to do. What I'm learning, what I'm seeing greater today than I've ever seen in my life is when grace and mercy are working on my behalf, I don't want to be a miserable fail, failure. I don't want to rob banks. I want to believe God. That's what grace and mercy do for you. Just, I don't know, you know, maybe you won't see this in this verse of Scripture, but I, I saw this. I saw this. And when I saw this, I've read this verse of Scripture probably more than I've read any other Scriptures in the Bible. And it's the most well-known scripture ever in the history of the world. What is it? Watch what God showed me about this. Maybe you've already seen this. Or maybe you're not seeing it, but I'm believing you're going to see what I saw here. For God so loved the world. That's mercy. Because the world is all the stuff that goes along with the world. 
God so loved you and me when we were in the world, in spite of anything and everything else, he loved me. That's mercy. Watch this. And, and what did he do? That he gave his only begotten son, that's grace. But grace always has to precede mercy. Because if you don't know you're pardoned, and you don't know how much he loved you, you'll never take what mercy produces, the deliverance of that miserable life that so many people live. So many Christian people live miserable lives. And I'm declaring tonight, no more. I'm declaring tonight, no more. For all of, all of humanity being delivered and freed of living miserable lives because of not understanding what God's already done for us. It's not how good we do it, not how good your life looks on a day-to-day -day basis. It's how good your life can become because you believe in Him. Not how well I can perform. You're not good enough. You're not going to do it. You're not going to quit sinning and doing things that God really doesn't want you to do. You're not going to quit doing those things in the natural only as a result of your relationship with Him and realizing what He's done for you. A friend of mine was last week, a friend of mine down in Florida was killed in a car wreck. Somebody hit him from behind and killed him. And uh, happened right as I left town, right after I left town. And, and uh, last couple of days I've had opportunity to talk to some of my friends and people that knew the guy. And somebody was telling me this story today. And he said, let me tell you this real quick story about, about Bart. His name is Bart. About Bart. And he said, uh, he said one day he heard of this guy that was really struggling financially. And uh, the church that he went to in Orlando, you know, the, the, they, they didn't look like they were going to help him. And he just felt like, you know, the guy that was telling me the story really isn't even a Christian, but he's trying to tell me what a great guy that Bart was in the fact that he went and he had about a $30,000 motorcycle and he sold the motorcycle. And he took all the money from the motorcycle and gave it to this guy. And it got him out of the debt he was in with the bills that he owed and all this kind of stuff. And this guy said, who does that? When you, when you hear a story like that, aren't you stirred by that story? Well, that's what he did for us. God sold his heavenly Harley and he put it all down on us. He gave the best of heaven, the best that heaven had, the best in his son Jesus. That you and I could be liberated and set free. And be delivered of living a miserable life. Ha! I was shocked when I saw that word, misery. Pardoned from misery. 
And keep that in your thinking, because I'm not through with my point. But look at Ephesians 2 and verse 1. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others, but God, everybody say, but God. See, see that he just got through talking about you. And what, did he, what was he talking about? The absolute miserable life you were living. And, and, and you know where that miserable life ended for me? When I became convinced of how valuable the wisdom and revelation of God and His Word are. That's when misery stopped. Not when I got born again. No, because the day you got born again, your head's still full of junk. You're still thinking wrong, still got wrong attitudes. You're excited. You're born again. You think everything's going to be great. And everything is great because you're born again. But that doesn't change your day-to-day stuff. That doesn't change the misery that you were living in before. Certain things will change. But it takes the revelation and the wisdom and the understanding of God to deliver you of that misery. So he was just talking about all of us right here. Everybody say, we're in the same boat. Right? I don't care who you are, where you've been, what you've done. Everybody comes from the same boat. And it's the boat of misery. But God, who is rich in pardoning misery, he's rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us. There's the grace of God again. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace, you have been saved, and by faith, you receive the fact that His mercy for your life that's new and fresh for you every day is there to empower you to take what rightfully belongs to you and cast away this miserable thought life of the enemy trying to convince you that you'll never make it, you're disqualified, and you can never be like someone else. Worst thing you can do, like everybody does on social media, is compare yourself to someone else. Worst thing you can do. Worst absolute thing on the planet to compare yourself to someone else. Because you will never measure, there will always be somebody that's better than you. But in God, you're his favorite. I mean, you're valuable to him, right? He pardoned you. He gave the best of heaven to liberate your life, to empower you to be free and to live free. We don't have to live in the mess. We don't live in the misery. Everybody say, I'm free. And you can say that because of the mercy of God. Did you hear me? 
Now, this is when it's going to really kick in. I'm going to say it again. You can say you're free because of the mercy of God. Not because you're desperate. Oh, i got to say I'm free. i got to say this. i got to say everything exactly right. No, no. Every time you confess the Word and declare what the Word of God says, and it brings a strength to you and it builds you, just know. It's not because of the fact that you're saying it. It's because of the mercy of God that already pardoned you and delivered you. So when I say those things, it makes me want to say them more because they're really real. They're, it, it's real. I am pardoned from misery. I have been pardoned. The grace of God is real. It's His unmerited favor. I don't deserve it, but I get it all. But you got to take it. Every day, you got to remind yourself of it every day. But when you remind yourself every day that it's because of His mercy, there's a strength in that that delivers you from the labor of trying to make those kind of things come to pass. Because you, your labor, your labor is, it, it will not produce what you and I are looking for. Our labor in our, just in itself will not produce it. The labor has to come from the revelation of the fact that he's already done it all. And we're receiving that. Can you say amen? Hebrews 4 and verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our what? Our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we were, yet he didn't sin. So he's been through all the misery but he didn't sin so that we could receive the mercy that pardons us from the, minis- the misery even though we did sin. Even though we have sinned. Even though we make mistakes. What he did has now empowered us to be able to receive it. Can you say amen? And he said, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, the throne of us being pardoned, the throne of where Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father, I'm pardoned. And actually, I'm sitting there with him, as it says in Ephesians 2, I'm sitting there with him. You and I are sitting there with him. He's pardoned us. Let us boldly come before that throne of being pardoned He said, and obtain what? Mercy. Obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The mercy's there. If you go to Him, if you hold fast your confession on a day-to-day basis, we hold fast to that confession and we do it not because we have to. We do it because of what he's done for us. That's the revelation that we've got to live with on a day-to-day basis. 
It's what he's done for me. He's already pardoned me. He's already forgiven me. No matter how many bad thoughts, bad, bad, bad actions and sins and things that I've done in my life, it doesn't matter how much there is there. He's already pardoned me. And the more you get that inside of you, the more it empowers you to live a righteous life. There's the key to success. That is the key to your and my success. Can you say amen? amen. Romans 12 and verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by what? I beseech you by the mercies of God. I beseech you, I come to you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. That's what we're supposed to do. But do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and that perfect will of God. How is the will of God, the perfect will of God, how is it, how is it manifested through your life when you embrace the mercies of God. When you embrace the mercies of God, then the will of God is manifested. How many believe tonight healing is the will of God? Based on what the Word says, healing is the will of God. No matter what's happened in the past, no matter who didn't receive their healing in, in this life, they didn't see the manifestation, it doesn't change the Word of God. Healing is the will of God. And when I learn to receive the fact that I've been pardoned by the grace of God, and when I learn to receive that I've been pardoned from the misery that comes from the effects of a sinful life, then the will of God will be seen and manifested through my life through whatever manifestation that you need. Healing is a mercy. Deliverance is a mercy. Peace is a mercy. Right? Things that you need to see manifested in your life are mercies, the mercies of God. And when I know that He pardoned me, that He did what He said He did, and He sits at the right hand of the Father, when I know that, then by the mercy and the grace of God, I can receive my healing, and that has to come to pass. But there's not a pressure to get healed. Now, Second Corinthians 4.1 just says this. Second Corinthians 3 and the last few verses talk about this ministry here, but it says in, in 4.1 it says, Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. And what is the ministry? It's the ministry of being free. It's the ministry of freedom. We've received this ministry of freedom. How? By the mercy of God. So, I'm going to give you three examples 
of what I believe the mercy of God does to position our lives. Okay? Let's say there's something wrong with your body and you need healing in your body. Okay? But in the natural, your life is kind of out of control. Maybe you're putting things in your body that you shouldn't. Maybe you're not spending time exercising or doing some things that you should do to help your body along. And so much of the time when you talk about those type of things, most people just kind of turn off. Well, you know, I want to eat what I want to eat. I want to do what I want to do. I want to drink what I want to drink. I, want to, I don't want to exercise, and I want to sit around and lay around and do whatever I want to do. Okay? But what the mercy of God does, because, see, if you're that way, you're living a miserable life. You don't want to do anything for your body. You don't want to take care of yourself or whatever. Then you've got priorities that are out of whack. And what happens with the, the mercy of God is the mercy of God helps to line you up in certain areas of your life. And that's why when you embrace the grace and, and the fact that you're pardoned, and then when you embrace what the mercy brings to the table, what mercy brings to the table is being pardoned from living that miserable life, then all of a sudden, because you develop a daily routine in the Word of God, you become empowered to do things that are right in ways that you never thought you could. I know in the, I mean, Dr. Wendy, you'd probably tell me this, or you, you have better statistics than I have on it, but most people that start out trying to get well in their bodies, they quit in the first few months. They start out, they get excited, they hear someone else's testimony of what happened in their life, you know, and they lost, you know, 9,000 pounds, and, you know, they're, they're ready to do whatever or something, you know, and, that, and they get excited and they get all worked up and that kind of thing. The majority of people, or the statistics I saw are way up in the, close to 90% of the people that start out, don't, they, they don't finish. And you know what that says? That that's not the way to get free of a miserable life. The way to get free of a miserable life, you know, because the things that, that if you go to Dr. Wendy, she'll tell you to do things and take things and, and, and certain things for your body, and those things are right, but what, other, what people need is they need to get their priorities right first, and you can't, you're not going to, most of the time, most people, some people will, but most people will not get their priorities right without the revelation and the wisdom of God's Word. And actually, 100% of the people need it that way because then it will last forever when it becomes that. And the mercy of grace, the mercy and the grace of God are the power twins for miraculous things to happen in your life. What if you had something wrong in your body and the wisdom of God began to show you how to get your priorities right and you started doing things and those things begin to change and it wasn't something that manifested miraculously in, in, one, you know, in one situation where somebody just laid hands on you and prayed over you. 
It didn't happen just like that, but it happened over time. And when it happens over time and you stay with it, then you get to the end of that thing, and what happens? You stay with it. <laughs> you don't quit. You don't throw in the towel because you learned some things in your life, and the mercy and grace of God and the, the, the truth and the wisdom of God gave you understanding about how to maintain that and stay with it. That's what God wants for us. That's what mercy and grace will produce. Again, we don't deserve for any of this to work. But if we'll apply it, it works. If we embrace it, it works. If we just learn to acknowledge the fact, God loved me so much that he gave the best of heaven, that if I would believe in him, if I would develop a belief system in him, that I would not perish, but I'd have everlasting life. And that everlasting life needs to start down here, not when you just get to the other side. He wants it to happen here and now. For you to be delivered and set free here. I'm believing that's what the mercy of God produces. <clears throat> I just want to say these last two things. <clears throat> As I said, mercy helps you get your priorities in line. And what mercy and grace do, and, and you've heard these two verses of Scripture quoted many times, one of the verses is that all things are possible to them that believe. How many know that verse of Scripture? You've heard that before. All things are possible to them that believe. And then there's another verse of Scripture that says this. Nothing is impossible with God. Now, I want you to fit those two verses of Scripture in grace and mercy. Which one, I want, I want to hear somebody tell me, which one connects with grace? Based on everything I've said tonight, which one of those two verses of Scripture connect with the grace of God? Yes. Huh? The, the, the two verses of Scripture that I mentioned right now, nothing is impossible with God. And all things are possible to them that believe. Which is grace and which is mercy? Okay? So... Wrong. <laughs> so, let me explain myself. First, and it doesn't matter whether you believe it or not, nothing is impossible with God. And it doesn't matter whether you believe that or not. That's the grace of God. Nothing is impossible with God. The mercy part is, I appreciate you guys offering, nobody else in here did. <laughs> the mercy part is, 
all things are possible if you believe. One translation says, all things are possible if you take it. But you'll never take it if you don't know him as the one who's pardoned you and loved you so much. You don't understand that, you'll never take the mercy of God and realize that mercy is there to empower you, to overcome obstacles and situations in life, to be delivered from that past life that Ephesians 2 talked about, that we've all been a part of, and that God is liberating us and setting us free of. Mercy and grace are the miraculous twins for manifestation in your and my life. There's no reason that the future has to be held in things that are not manifesting and coming to pass. God wants everything in your life that He desires for you to see it manifest, and He wants you to believe that He wants it more than you want it. He wants you to believe that. He wants it more than you want it. His mercy is new, and it's fresh every day. But for the grace of God, where would any of us be today? Without those, we have nothing. With those, we have all things. And all things are possible to them that believe. And you know what I say? Not only are they possible, but all things that God wants in my life will come to pass because I receive every promise in his word. He's given that to me. Not in a prideful way, but in a knowing way that the mercy of God has set me up for that. And I'm choosing to receive it tonight. Can you say amen? Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.